What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here, as always, on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am your host, the Renegade JJ Williams. And today we're going to be starting Sci Fi Month here with 1999's Star Wars Episode One The Phantom Menace, starring Liam Neeson. Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDermott, Ahmed Best, Kenny Baker, Frank Oz, Samuel L. Jackson, Ray Park, Terrence Stamp, Anthony Daniels, and Kira Knightley. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here once again for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. And this is going to be a fun one, because today we begin Sci-Fi Month, and we're going to be jumping into two very, very big science fiction fan bases over the next few days. few days, who am I kidding? Over the next month, we're going to be talking about the Star Wars saga, and we're going to be talking about Star Trek with a little bit of humor thrown in there in the middle with the Family Guy Star Wars retellings and Spaceballs, which is a, if you've never seen Spaceballs, it's a parody of Star Wars, Star Trek, and a bunch of other science fiction stuff thrown in there as well. But this month is going to be, there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to not look forward to. You know, there's there's people that are going to question why I'm doing the Star Wars holiday special, why I'm doing the Ewok movies, because that is part of the Star Wars mythos, whether George Lucas wants to acknowledge it or not. Those things exist. They're out there. They can be seen on YouTube or purchased or they're on Disney Plus now in some way, shape, or form. They exist. And they are part of the entire saga. So I'm going to address them. But today we begin with The Phantom Menace, a film that has some high points, some low points. And I'm going to do my best to address those fairly and evenly. Let's get into it, shall we? Our film opens, and the Trade Federation has disrupted order within the Galactic Republic by placing a blockade on the planet of Naboo as they prepare to invade the peaceful planet. The leader of the Republic, via the Galactic Senate, Supreme Chancellor Valorum, dispatches Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi Master and Apprentice duo, in order to negotiate with Viceroy Newt Gunry of the Trade Federation. Darth Sidious, a Sith Lord and a secret benefactor of the Trade Federation, orders the Viceroy to kill the Jedi and begin the invasion with a battle droid army. The Jedi duo are able to escape the Trade Federation starship and land on the planet of Naboo. 
During the invasion's infancy, Qui-Gon saves the life of Jar Jar Binks, an outcast of a tribe of Gungans who share the planet with the Naboo. Indebted to Qui-Gon, Jar Jar leads Jin and Kenobi to Odo Gunga, the underwater city of the Gungans from where Jar Jar was exiled. The Jedi attempt but fail to persuade Gungan leader Boss Nass to help the Naboo surface dwellers in the attack, the invasion. But they do manage to obtain an underwater transport vehicle in order to go to Thede, the capital of Naboo, as well as the services of Jar Jar due to the life debt that he owes to Qui-Gon Jinn for saving him. The trio rescue Queen Padme Amidala and escape Naboo aboard her royal starship on their way to the capital of the Republic, the planet of Coruscant. As the starship passes through the Federation blockade, the ship is damaged in the crossfire and the ship's hyperdrive is rendered useless. The group touches down on the planet of Tatooine, which is beyond the Republic's jurisdiction, where Qui-Gon, Jar Jar, R2-D2, and Padme, who is disguised as one of her handmaidens, visit Mos Espa, a settlement on the planet in search of a replacement hyperdrive. They encounter a junk dealer named Watto and his nine-year-old slave, Anakin Skywalker, a young but gifted pilot and engineer who has constructed his very own protocol droid, C-3PO. Qui-Gon senses the presence of the Force very strongly in Anakin, to the point that he feels that the boy is the prophetic chosen one that has been told through Jedi tales over time, who will bring balance to the Force. Watto refuses to deal in Republic credits, which is what Qui-Gon Jinn has to negotiate with, He'll only accept money. So Qui-Gon convinces Watto to place a bet on an upcoming pod race. The hyperdrive and Anakin's freedom for Qui-Gon's ship. After an intense pod race full of thrills and danger, particularly by Sebulba, a rival of Anakin's, Anakin is able to win the race and his freedom in the process. He joins the group in order to be trained as a Jedi. However, Anakin must leave behind his mother, Shmi, in order to begin his journey. As the group return to their starship, they are attacked by Darth Maul, the apprentice of Darth Sidious. Maul was sent to capture Queen Amidala. Maul and Qui-Gon have a very brief lightsaber duel before Qui-Gon is able to board the ship and the group escapes. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan escort Padme to Coruscant so that she can plead her case to Chancellor Valorum and the rest of the Galactic Senate. Meanwhile, Qui-Gon seeks the approval of the Jedi Council 
in order to begin training Anakin as his Padawan. Qui-Gon is denied, stating that he already has an apprentice, but he can't take another. And on top of that, Yen Skywalker is very vulnerable right now to the dark side of the Force. Undaunted, though, Qui-Gon vows that he will train Anakin some way, shape, or form. He even tells Anakin, you know, the Council will not physically allow me to train you. So stay close to me, keep your eyes open, and watch what I do. During the Senate session, Queen Amidala calls for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum, which unseats him and creates an election to be held for a more capable leader in order to resolve the crisis and the attack on her planet of Naboo. Amidala decides that she wants to return to Naboo out of the frustration due to the corruption in the Senate, and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are ordered to accompany her and investigate the return of the Sith, which they thought had been dead for at least a millennium. Once they return to Naboo, the group again seek out the Gungans. And after using her decoy to approach Boss Nass, Padme steps up herself and reveals her true identity to Boss Nass, the Gungans, and her Jedi friends. With this reveal, she's able to gain their trust in order to help fight off the Trade Federation. Jar Jar gets promoted to general in the Gungan army to fight off the droid army, while Padme leads the search for Viceroy Gunry in the city of Thede. Anakin is told to hide and stay put, and he ends up in a starfighter with R2-D2. He accidentally triggers the autopilot mechanism and ends up in space, taking part in the battle against the Federation's droid control ship. He crashes inside the ship and manages to destroy it from the inside out, thereby causing the deactivation of the droid army. Darth Maul, who has once again been sent by his master Sidious to capture Amidala, shows up on Naboo and engages both Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in a two-on-one lightsaber duel. Eventually, the two Jedi are separated, allowing one-on-one confrontations. First Qui-Gon versus Maul. However, Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon. When Obi-Wan gets his turn, Obi-Wan is able to get revenge on the Sith Lord and cuts him in half with his body falling down a shaft. Before he dies, Qui-Gon asks Obi-Wan to train Anakin for him, and of course Obi-Wan agrees for his master's final wish. Following the battle, Viceroy Gunry is arrested and Senator Palpatine of Naboo is elected the Supreme Chancellor, replacing Chancellor Valorum, succeeding him. Master Yoda promotes Obi-Wan to the status of Jedi Knight and begrudgingly allows Obi-Wan to take on Anakin as his Padawan learner. 
On Coruscant, a funeral is held for Qui-Gon Jinn, and it's attended by a number of dignitaries such as Palpatine, Amidala, senators, Jedi, Mace Windu, and Yoda contemplate the existence of another Sith Lord, as they always work in two, a master and an apprentice. No more. Back on Naboo, after the funeral, a celebratory parade is held in order to recognize the victory over the Trade Federation, and Padme presents Boss Nass with a gift of thanks to help establish peace between the Naboo citizens and the Gungans as our film draws to its close. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to try to be fair about this. Jar Jar Binks. A lot of people that hate this movie hate on Jar Jar Binks. I am going to say this here, and I'm probably going to touch on it again tomorrow when I talk about Attack of the Clones. Think about Jar Jar this way, okay? Jar Jar Binks was the blueprint for Yoda in the following installments. Granted, The Phantom Menace has been re-released on media a couple times. Now when you watch it, Yoda is a digital character. When the film was shot, Yoda was still a puppet. Much like he is in Empire and Return of the Jedi, controlled by famed Muppeteer Frank Oz, the man responsible for Cookie Monster, Grover, Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, Animal, etc. In the original cuts of The Phantom Menace, Yoda is still a puppet. Throughout all the years of Star Wars lore, we were told what an amazing Jedi Master Yoda was. We knew going into the prequels at some point we were going to have to see Yoda throw down a lightsaber battle, participate in one something. Jar Jar Binks was a guinea pig. They used him. They saw what they could get away with with a fully functional 3D computer character, and then they used that for Yoda versus Dooku in Attack of the Clones, Yoda versus Sidious in Revenge of the Sith. Yoda would not have been able to have those lightsaber duels that he did, was it not for the success of the architecture and the design of Jar Jar Binks? I say it, I mean it, I will die on that hill. If you don't believe me, think about it. In episodes two and three, Jar Jar's role is seriously scaled back. Yes, I'm sure part of that was because of the backlash against him. But the rest of it is because all of that technology was going towards the Yoda character. It is what it is, guys. Without Jar Jar being a fully functional 
computer character. There is no Yoda versus Dooku. There is no Yoda versus Sidious. A lot of people also crap on Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd was nine years old, y'all. Give the kid a break. You can only do so much with the material that you're given. A lot of people praised Liam Neeson's performance as Qui-Gon. He did tremendous. Same with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. He did tremendous. He's coming back. They're doing a Disney Plus series with Obi-Wan. I cannot wait for that. The pod race sequence. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Padme, Natalie Portman. In this one, she was very strong. She was very determined. She definitely was not your damsel in distress. At no point in this trilogy is she a damsel in distress character. Very much like Leia would be portrayed later on. She had to get it from somewhere. Her biological mother. I honestly think that if you view this film with the right glasses on, this film can still be looked at and appreciated and not held with the disdain that a lot of people hold it for. And trust me, I can admit that there are flaws, but I tend to look for the good more so than the bad, unless it is just a horrid movie. And The Phantom Menace is not a horrid movie. It's really not. And if you feel that it is, then in my personal opinion, you're not a true Star Wars fan. That's just the way I feel about it. When it comes to my official rating on The Phantom Menace, I am going to be fair. I give it three and a half out of five stars. It's definitely not the best. It's definitely not the worst. It's got its high moments. It's got its low moments. I do implore you to go back and rewatch it again, though, with the information I gave you regarding Jar Jar and see if it doesn't change your opinion at all going from this to Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. See if that makes a difference for you. Don't forget to get out there, get on the social medias, try and get those hashtags trending. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios, hashtag Renegades Reviews, Hashtag Renegade Returns, and of course, the ever popular hashtag shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money's made. Make sure you get out there. Do what that commercial just told you. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff Meacham Network. Get you your official merchandise for the Casa D18 Studios Brotherhood. Get you your Renegade J.J. Williams shirt, Stat Boy Sports Bar, Stat Boy Approved, Dad's Not Always on Wrestling, 
Get you your official merchandise for the Jeff Meacham Network. Three different designs of the Jeff Meacham Network logo for you to choose from. Meachamania, Talk Wrestling, and so much more. Make sure you join me back here tomorrow, right here on the Casa D18 Studios channel, with another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, when I tackle 2002's Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, starring Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen, Christopher Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, Frank Oz, Ian McDermott, Tamura Morrison, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Ahmed Best, and Jimmy Smits. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for Attack of the Clones. I hope you will enjoy hearing what I have to say about that one because I am once again going to be critical. I will point out the flaws, but I'll also try to counter some of the flaws with my own personal opinions about what makes some of it good and watchable and redeems it. Thank you guys for joining me. All of you guys that have been watching the premiere here on the Casa D18 Studios channel, leaving your comments over here. I greatly appreciate it. All you guys that tune in and watch it on demand, leaving your comments down here. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate each and every one of my loyal viewers and followers. Thank you all for watching. I will see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you.